Thank you for listening to this podcast from TheUnheardNerd.com. If you like what you hear, please consider liking, sharing, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast feed of choice, and help us to keep creating and improving our content. Thank you. Just like the Lego movie, everything is awesome because you're listening to Jump the Shark, the pop culture podcast from theunheardnerd.com. My name is Will and with me as always is the super John. How are you, John? I'm good. Hello, everyone. Wow, John, we, 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 we did a bit of a cheat show last time. We did a live show from Comic-Con. <laughs> that was the cheat. That's a fantastic show. Yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed it. But before that, it's the headlines... Okay. <laughs> I will put the sound effect in there. <laughs> in the headlines this time around, Stanley, he dead. <laughs> Comic Con, we went there. Avengers Station comes to London. And who would have known? Venom is actually more popular than Guardians of the Galaxy. How about oh? that? How about that? It's official. Fact, fact. They're the headlines. John, <laughs> headlines, is. headlines, four massive headlines there. Um, let's start with uh, probably the least exciting. Um, <laughs> it's quite exciting, kind of, for me, in a way. Um, Avengers Station, S dot T dot A dot T, you know how to spell station. Um, yeah. <laughs> I forgot what where I was up to. Um, Avengers Station is coming to London, and it's coming to the XL Centre, where we went to Comic-Con. Uh, for the last podcast and um and they've um I, i've been watching them build it okay ah yeah because i've got a new job which is just like the old job in fact working for the same company and in fact i'm still doing my old job and doing a new job at the same time <laughs> and i didn't get nearly enough pay rise to warrant that but anyway that's personal life um so my new job uh one of my new jobs is um is literally based in the car park behind the XL Center where they hold Comic Con uh, every October and every May, uh, and where we were, yeah, for for our live Comic Con podcast, uh-huh. and um, literally between where I work and the XL Center, they started erecting a large erection um, right behind the XL Center, and eventually they put like, words on that, and it just says <laughs> yes. Avengers Station. Dun dun dun. And uh, and it, and they're slowly filling it up with loads of Avengers shit that you can go and look at. <laughs> it's basically like uh, all of Iron Man's suits will be there. Um, from uh-huh. His his Iron Man suit room. I don't know what you call that. A closet. Basically. <laughs> do, do you think it's Iron Man suit closet? Iron Man's know. wardrobe. Wardrobe, yes. <laughs> um, and and other props and costumes from ten years of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and I know there are Avengers stations elsewhere in the world, but uh, mm-hmm. this is London's one. Starts on the 29th of this, no, November this month. Starts this month, 29th of November, for 22 weeks. Oh, hell of a run! Hell of a run! So um, I'm hoping to go uh, across in my lunch break and what, uh, have a look <laughs> at that. That'd be quite good. See so, if you can uh, pull on Thor's hammer again. <laughs> clench it between my butt cheeks <laughs> uh yeah I, I i posted that on facebook um on my page uh, rather than 
doing what everybody else did at Comic Con, which is trying <laughs> to heave Thor's hammer off the floor. Um, I tried to pick it out with my bum, and uh, <laughs> quite I got, different. <laughs> got got quite a quite a, a rousing cheer for that actually. Like the guys <laughs> behind us in the queue, I, d- I don't know where they were from, but they weren't yeah they weren't English. Uh, and the guy was just like, "Oh man, that that was perfect. That was perfect." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think so, but now you've got to put your hands on that. <laughs> oh, Comic Con was a lot of fun. Well, yeah, we enjoyed it last year, and although I didn't think this year was quite as well populated in terms of interesting stuff, there was still a lot to do. Oh, there's, there's plenty of stuff for everything. It just wasn't enough stuff, I think, that we wanted to see. Yeah, that makes I mean, sense. Last year there was a huge Marvel presence, um, not so oh, much yeah. this year. Uh, a little bit. I mean, there was a bit. There was the DC. Your DC section was a bit bigger. Warner Brothers DC. Well, actually, probably about the same size as last year's, but um, you know, it, it was um, sort of more prominent. Last year it was sort of tucked away in one corner of the the room that is less popular. And yeah. This year it's sort of in the main area, and um, that Aussie girl that was working there kept. Uh, kept moving us on it's like can you can you move up move up <laughs> and i patiently wait to get a hold of uh aquaman's trident yeah that was quite fun <laughs> uh apparently the actual one of the actual tridents used in the movie apparently so yeah that was quite according fun. to bloke in t-shirt who was standing there <laughs> what well, didn't he say that he's actually something like he actually does something with props like for the films I think so, yeah. He said if he got damaged, it'd be quite a lot of, uh, he'd be in quite a bit of trouble. <laughs> Lucky I didn't was, pick a... it out of my bum then, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a hefty old piece of fiberglass, though, wasn't it? It had quite a weight to it. It was. It's pretty impressive. I didn't get the chance to thrust it into anybody, but <laughs> yeah, holding it was quite good, quite fun. <laughs> or the and, trident uh... didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I held Aquaman's trident. Um, and. Uh... And, and yeah, we had to do a little bit of acting with that, which perplexed you a little bit, didn't it? I thought it was just a picture. I didn't realise it's a short bit of video. That's what's me off. <laughs> you were amazing. You sort of stood there going, and the guy's going, act? <laughs> just like twirl it around or something. <laughs> uh, so that was really fun. Really enjoyed that. And one of my highlights of Comic-Con, I think, was watching the guy get all his stuff seized off of his chat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> by, a, by a member of Newham Council, Newham being the um, the local authority uh, for that uh, borough of London. And, uh, and the guy who was seizing the stuff was literally playing Pokemon Go on his phone <laughs> uh, while seizing loads of um, or either knockoff or or um, you know, goods that have been stolen, perhaps, or illegally imported. They were just they were just tiny sort of the the big head style figures, weren't they? Yeah, I think little, they were. There were tiny little tiny boxes of plastic figures with big heads of stuff. I think they were like nano block figures. I don't know what the fuck they were, but they looked pretty shit anyway. No real loss. Um, no. <laughs> but yeah, that was quite interesting. That that was fun. Um, but we we did we had we had a lot of fun. We um I mean the gaming section was a bit bizarre. Uh, people waiting two hours to watch uh, or to play uh, Pokemon Let's Go just like, yeah. a few weeks before it was released. Um, I don't know, right, it's a chance to play a game that maybe you can't afford to buy. I don't know, maybe that's people's reasoning, but a long queue to play that game. I mean, if you think, like, what's Comic-Con open from? 10 o'clock to the general public till, I don't know, what, 7 o'clock? Yeah. Yeah, to take two hours out of your day. Uh, I suppose if you're there for the whole weekend, fine, but you get there early and play it. 
I don't know. I, I can't. I still can't figure out the reasoning behind you know, the logic. And you weren't, people didn't. You know, like, weren't allowed to take videos of it either. Pictures only. I know. It seems a bit, bit hopeful to stop that in a in a large room full of <laughs> thousands of people. But yeah, still. Anyway, yeah, we've all seen it now. <laughs> um, what else? Um, I suppose. I suppose one of the highlights was seeing the first twenty-five minutes of Mortal Engines. Oh, that was that was a highlight. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, and surprisingly good because I, you know, I, I watched a trailer just last night. I was watching TV yeah. with my wife, and uh, a trailer for Mortal Engines came on. And, it, and still, looking at the trailer, I thought it looked a bit shit. But uh, actually, having seen the first twenty-five minutes of the film, like really yeah. exciting. Like it's thrust straight into the action. Um, good, a good sort of blend of humour and action, and and you know, like drama and and uh, you, know, you you got just to the point where the sort of characters were established. And and you realised like who the bad guy was and and it's like that's it. Well, thanks. <laughs> Kindly fuck off now. Thanks for coming. Here's a poster. Goodbye. <laughs> but, but going in the movie truck, the cinema truck in itself was quite exciting because we that didn't think we'd make it, it in. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got there for like first, like before the doors to general public had even opened, we couldn't get in the fucking thing. It was full. We were we were late, weren't we? We're two two three minutes late. Well, we were. I mean, yeah. I guess, but we didn't have, we didn't we didn't anticipate the whole setup of it, did we? So we thought, yeah, we'll just, just rock on it. up and get in, and no, three past ten, there's no queues, things will shut up. <laughs> well, I mean, previously they've had a different setup in previous years where they've utilised like some big spaces within that enormous space. Um, mm. So you had sort of three stages at one end, and uh, and then like a really large stage at the other end, and they kind of did it differently I think they used a large stage as a live stage for music and things like that I don't think they had all three of the other rooms set up I think two either side and then in the middle was a cinema truck and the capacity of that is far smaller than, than it, what it would have been if they'd used the rooms as we um, later found out <laughs> yeah but we did manage to get in as the uh, as people will have heard in the last podcast um by by one extra person that was me <laughs> you um I don't know. Uh, I don't really know how that happened. They counted. They did a head count, and they obviously counted wrong. Obviously, because we thought we were what five, five, six, seven people within the uh, the constraints. We thought we could easily make this. Yeah, I do feel sorry for the guy behind us. Though he was like, oh. <laughs> literally, he was clearly eager to get in, and uh, and he said to us when they took our phones, and then they stopped at him, and they were like, oh, yeah. "You'll probably get in, but." We, we're just doing a cut off now just to, to make sure you'll probably yeah. get in and he was saying like he said to us like oh i'm gonna be so gutted if you if, if you get in and i don't and that's exactly what happened <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah luckily they gave me a plastic chair and i got to sit on my own at the back <laughs> um well not entirely on my own there was some um sort of uh boisterous types <laughs> okay so it's kind of you know i don't know not really embracing the spirit of comic-con perhaps but yeah they were quiet through the film but before they were a bit bolshy and i thought oh no they're, they're just gonna spoil this but they, they didn't they didn't but yeah i thought it was really good i really enjoyed um, the first 25 minutes of mortal engines and if i hadn't mm. seen that i probably wouldn't go to see it at the cinema but having seen it i think i probably will cool maybe we can make that a movie trip with, with the boys oh yeah it's an idea Obviously not Ben, because he's just had a baby and he's not allowed out of the house anymore. But Oh, no, he's got to stay up all night now, hasn't he? But congratulations to Ben, um, second baby. Well, still works, even though he's he's much older than the rest of us. He's he's almost pensionable age. 
so well done to him. Um, shout outs to Keith, who has been spectacular with his parenting this week. Um, showed his kids E.T. for the first time, made them cry. <laughs> well, well done, done, Keith. Well done, yeah. But uh, still in the headlines. Fuck the shout outs. We're still in the headlines. Venom. Venom is more popular than Guardians of the Galaxy and another film I can't remember the name of at the minute. But um, Oh, Deadpool 2. Huh? Yeah, absolutely true. Um, Venom has overtaken both of those films in box office takings this month. Are you talking a particular region of the world or globally? I'm getting to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you're very good at guessing these things, unless you've read the story, which is... No, I haven't. I haven't. You haven't? You haven't read the story? No. Okay. Um, as of, I think, the 20th, which... No, that's today. Uh, 19th? Maybe yep. yesterday. Venom overtook Guardians of the Galaxy and Deadpool 2 in terms of box office takings. Um, even though it was a bit of a flop, I say a bit of a flop, it was a flop in uh, North America uh, and in the UK, got poor reviews, didn't perform well at the box office, has been absolutely huge in China. Ah. They fucking love it. Um, <laughs> taking, I think, over 220 million in its f- first uh, dollars, obviously, in its first week or something like that. Um, and now taking its global uh, takings at this point of time. Um, to $779.5 million globally <laughs> um, and still going strong in in, uh, in China. You know, still it's only just been released there, um, late release in China, but still going strong and it's likely to overtake yeah, films like Iron Man 3 uh, and um, so, some of the others, I think. So, yeah. That yeah, is mental. Crazy, crazy. Um, and also there's going to be a, a sequel. A sequel's confirmed. Uh, Woody okay. Harrelson... He apparently appears in a mid-credits scene at the end of Venom. I haven't seen it because I was put off by the reviews. Um, and also Ben had a baby and didn't book the tickets to the cinema, which is fucking <laughs> annoying. And uh, I retract my shout-out to Ben uh, <laughs> on, on those grounds. And um, Woody Harrelson's in it uh, in the mid mid uh, credit scenes and uh, it's yeah. confirmed that he is coming back for the sequel uh, in which he will play, I can't remember the name of the character, but it's uh, ultimately Carnage. Uh, car- yeah. Yeah, so I can't remember the name of you know Eddie Brock is um, Venom. Uh, I can't remember the um, you know, the the character's name. Oh, I remember Carnage, but I don't have the name. Yeah, Carnage being a, another symbiote uh, alien. I think probably a little bit more ruthless than Venom. Even and the <laughs> two will probably fight. One's black, one's red. So there you go. So yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. Um, and in our final headline, Thanos snapped his fingers on Stan Lee. <laughs> And um, sent him off to wherever he's gone. But he'll probably be all right. Probably right. <laughs> Stanley, he'll be fine. He's got to come back for at least another three cameos, I would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Stanley's work. I've never really been a fan of Stanley. Right. And I think I've mentioned this in the podcast before. I'm like, you know, not Jump the Shark, but the podcast that preceded it, the, the many different iterations of the podcast <laughs> in the past. Um, I've never ever been a fan of stanley's cameos in the marvel films i find them irritating i i i I hate them and i don't know why exactly but i just i don't i don't know i've just never really been a fan of stan lee as a person um i have read a bit about his background in the comics and i know there's a lot of articles coming out now about you know how actually he wasn't the the nice guy that a lot of people envisage him to be in terms of taking credit for work that wasn't his or, or in fact, um, restricting credit to those that deserve it. You know, Jack oh, Kirby, I see. 
Jack Kirby, the, the famous artist, Marvel artist, being a prime example who who helped develop and create a lot of the characters like Fantastic Four and, and a lot of those characters and for yeah. years and years and years received no credit whatsoever for them um, while Stan Lee um, became famous and rich off the back of these creations. Okay. Um, so there is a darker side to Stan Lee in terms of his ruthlessness in business but at the same time I understand that you know, in order to succeed in business generally you have to have a ruthlessness about you. Mm. You know, it's very rare that nice guys make headway in business and especially in a cutthroat industry like you know the comics industry um, where your market is is very finite and you have to really extract the most from that finite resource that you can so you know, I understand you know Stan obviously did a lot of great things like rebranding uh, timely comics as it was into Marvel comics and uh, and making that into the the multi you know, billion industry that it is now, um, owned by Disney, uh, creating all these Marvel Studio films. Yeah, you know, we've had ten years of, of magnificent films, and mm. um, and obviously that you know there's a lot of credit has to go to Stanley, but there, there is more to the Stanley story than a lot of people realise. Um, that said, I've enjoyed his work immensely over over the years. Silver Surfer being my absolute favourite Marvel character, and um, and and you know one that he's responsible for. Mm. So um, yeah, so Stanley dead at ninety five, and yeah, I mean the last year of his life's been a bit sort of up and down, hasn't it? He's uh, he's had people trying to take money from him, hasn't he? Yeah, his own family pe- have pe- been... Pe- people have been supposed people are supposed to be looking after him and being a bit shady and trying to secretly steal his his money or something. Yeah, people like his money, like property has been bought in his name. Even like vials of his blood were sold. Oh my god! Um, and uh, and you know, put into comic, uh, in, into the ink of a comic that was printed to increase its value. Jesus! Um, and uh, you know, his own daughter um, apparently has bought property in his name. You know, his management. Uh, were, were, there were there were um, reports of elder abuse. You know, people actually like, like people actually physically abusing him. Um, and you know, all this in the years since his wife died. So you know, his wife died a year ago in 2017. In mm. that year, you know, the guy has, has really had a lot of ups and downs. It seemed like towards the end he was starting to get things back on track and, and fighting the fight. But uh, obviously time ran out. And um, and, and I, I don't know the cause of his death yet. I haven't read that anywhere. Um, I expect no. it would be made public at some point. It might just be that he, he died of natural causes. I'm not sure. Probably nothing sinister in it, but... Um, yeah, interested to find out right, the the circumstances of his death, but um, he should be celebrated as a, as a you know, pioneer in the comics industry, and for bringing us you know if not entirely on his own, but in part um, so many fantastic characters that we've enjoyed throughout the years. Mm. So uh, shout out to Stan Lee, uh, Ex- Excelsior <laughs> uh, was his catchphrase. I never really knew what it meant, but uh, there you go. <laughs> so that's uh, that's the headlines, John. Shall we, uh, shall we do that that old favourite of ours? What what we've watched, read, viewed, licked stuff, yeah. Licked. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> hell, John! That's a whole new that's a whole new section. Uh, I think, yeah, can't wait for that one. <laughs> Sorry, the surprise. There is nothing. Just thought I'd throw that word in for a surprise. Well, you don't even have to lick stamps these days, do you? They're all sticky back. Yeah, taking that away from us. Really, just yeah, 
shitting on our youth, um, <laughs> which used to be a section in our old podcast. Um, oh, that's quite a good section. Maybe we should bring that back. <laughs> Two bitter old cynical men moaning about the present. Oh, they've remade something shitting on our youth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well, why don't you start this time? What have you watched? I've just finished watching season one of The Walking Dead. Have you? Well, <laughs> well that's uh, that, that's um, irrelevant. <laughs> that's up to date and modern. How did that's you find it? Nine seasons behind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, well, I don't, I don't know if I should spoil it, but I, I, I don't know. Well, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm uh, lost now. Like nine seasons in, I'm not sure if, if it's spoiler. If I should spoil it for you, I don't. I think it's too late. Uh, okay, well, I won't. I won't spoil it. Well, the reason is it's a uh, something I started reading the comics. I I, read, I did try and watch season one of The Walking Dead when it first started, and I think I got about four episodes in, and I was like, oh, this is moving so slowly. It's doing my head in. Yeah. Uh, one of my charity shop visits, uh, I got the Walking Dead Compendium. Uh, volume one for a quid. Nice. That's a big uh, book. That is a fucking big book. It's like the first uh, first forty eight issues, I think. Wow. Yeah. It's a big. It's a big bastard. So um, yeah, I read through that and I really enjoyed it. And I've uh, managed to find copies of like Compendium two and three, and I'm working my way through them. I thought, you know what, I'm going to give the show another go. And so this past week I have done, I've got through, there's only six episodes in season one. I still find it a bit slow in places when, the, when it's like, come on, the comic's up to this point by now, come on. <laughs> so, and the inclusion of um, the CDC centre at the end of the last episode, which wasn't in the comics at all, so that threw me off a bit. I thought, oh, so where's this going? Yeah, um, the, the TV series and the comics are not, you know, they're not, the, the, they, they definitely part ways uh, in areas. I think the TV series borrows from the comics, but it doesn't necessarily follow the comics. No, I mean, what what I do love about the comics is the fact they're not afraid to kill anyone they like. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, just like, don't grow attached, apart from, well, apart, I presume, from Rick Grimes, don't get attached to anyone else. It's like, <laughs> well, it's amazing. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, John, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. don't, don't even get attached to Rick. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Um, the thing that I loved about um, I still remember watching season one kind of when it sort of first came out it was that I in the 90s or in the 80s I think it was was it in the 80s or 90s no 90s there was a program called This Life on uh, British TV I presume it it got to America but probably not hugely popular and it was Mm. literally about the lives of young professionals in London in um, in the 90s you know and, and uh, the actor Andrew Lincoln, who plays Rick Grimes in the TV yeah. series, he was in it. His character was called Egg. All right. And, and Egg, um, it was a point where Egg lost his job, or he, he hated his job, and he quit. And he was supposed to be looking for work while his girlfriend was paying all the bills. Like she was going to work every day and paying all the bills. He was yeah. supposed to be looking for work, but what he was actually doing was going to the park and playing football all day with, <laughs> with a bunch of kids. And um, I just love like that for me. That's Andrew Lincoln. I, mm. I know he's been in films and stuff, but that that for me is him. To, so to see him take on the role of Rick Crimes <laughs> with a, an American accent in this uh, obviously a very American setting was so bizarre uh, for the first yeah you know, for the first season really. Yeah. Um, I I watched up to part of season three, 
and then no further. But at that time, we were getting invited, or I was getting invited, to all of the Walking Dead premieres. Oh, so, yeah. So every season, they'd bring out a new season, I'd get invited along to some you know, studio somewhere, private screening room or cinema somewhere, um, to watch the season opener of the new season before it went out on TV. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like literally right. Okay, I watched the first episode of season four, season five, season six, (laughs) and then we stopped getting invited because I think they realised we weren't writing about it. (laughs) But um, so yeah, I know I kind of know what happens in the first episode of every season. But brilliant, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, The Walking Dead's good. It's just uh, it's one of those programs that my wife won't watch because she doesn't like it. It's too gory. So um, I find it difficult to find time to watch things on my own because usually we yeah. watch TV together. And Yeah, yeah my missus won't do anything with zombies in. She hates them. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, you, you have the benefit of, like, you work away from home for a period of time. Yeah. You've got that time to watch whatever the fuck you like. And it, it, even better if it's something she doesn't like because then when you are together, you can watch things you enjoy together. Yeah. Um, I don't get that time at all. If, I, if my wife's <laughs> not in, like, tonight she's not in. Um, right. I, sh- I should be watching Warhorse right now at the theatre, um, <laughs> but instead, I, no, I'm staying at home podcasting with you. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. It's kind of a statement. Uh, <laughs> we had we had tickets to Hamilton um, last week, yeah, which I wanted to see, and she invited someone else, <laughs> and, okay. and, I, and she was like, "Oh, you know, I'm going out on Friday." I think it was. I was like, uh, "Okay, what you sit? What, what are you doing?" She's like, I'm going to see Hamilton. I was like, I thought we were going to see Hamilton. She's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I didn't think you wanted to go. So I was like, fuck it. I wanted to go. That that, that ticket wasn't my ticket. So, <laughs> so she ended up going with someone else. She was like, but I've got tickets for Warhorse. I was like, I don't want to go to see that. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so I cut my nose off to spite my face there. Um, no, I mean, I, mean I, I would have quite liked it, but I, I'm not too fussed. Um, no, she prefers going to the theatre with people that really enjoy it more than me. Yeah. But uh, anyway um i don't know why i got i don't know where i went there but um but oh yeah if i if i'm not watching tv with her then generally i'm writing for the website or podcasting or playing football play football every week or Uh band practice you know something yeah there's always something else to be doing yeah so it's rare that i sit down and watch uh, a, a tv series on my own and it's for that reason i haven't started daredevil season three yet Um, okay i really want to watch it and I, I loved season one and two, but I just haven't got around to it. In fact, what, I, what happened was I, I had some time and I was like, right, I'm going to start watching Daredevil season three. I started, yeah. clicked play on Netflix and about 20 minutes in, I was like, Do you know, this all seems really familiar. And I checked and I was watching season one of episode one again. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a dickhead. I, I hadn't even realised. <laughs> what a tool. Oh fucking hell! So twenty minutes wasted. So I just turned it off and <laughs> try again another time. Oh dear. Um, what else have you watched, John? <laughs> another blast from the past. I decided to rewatch Unbreakable again. Oh right, yeah, okay. Um, we saw um, yeah, bits. Of, there was a stand for the for Glass at Comic Con, wasn't there? Yes, right. Yes. Which is um, sort of a sequel to Unbreakable and Split. Split. Yes, yeah, Split. So like both of those individual films set in the same universe, so it seems, and uh, and and Glass brings the two together in a sequel. It's quite yeah. an interesting concept. Um, I've never seen Unbreakable. Really? Yeah. 
It's about, was it seven, I think it's, is it 2000? I think I read somewhere. It's, can't believe it's that old already. Is it? Wow. Oh, is it okay. I have to double check that. Quick, IMDb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can hear the keys going, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I'm... it's 2000. <laughs> oh, well done. Good memory. Uh, but no, I've never, they've both passed me by and neither of them are on, they're not on Amazon Prime and they're not on Netflix um, to, to, to watch for free. You know, I can rent them, obviously. So um, I, I will have to um, have to watch both of them, I think. But again, it's not something my wife will watch, I don't think. I think oh, that's a shame. Probably out of her comfort zone. Um, but how did you, did you enjoy it this time? More or less? Um, I enjoyed it a lot more than the previous. I mean, I remember seeing it at the cinema, feeling a bit deflated, but or, but I still, I remember I still imported the Region One DVD as soon as it came out, so I must have liked it, as, you know, enough to to buy it. But this time round, I just really, really enjoyed it. It's um, for those of you who haven't, you've never seen it or heard of it. It's um, basically Bruce, not Bruce Lee, Bruce Willis. <laughs> Bruce Lee, <laughs> that's in my head. Um, <laughs> Bruce Willis plays. Um, uh, he's like a security guard at a, uh, uh, a football stadium. And it turns out, and Samuel Jackson plays, he's an art dealer who deals with comic book art, but he's also got, um, it's, I can't remember his name, he's got his uh, disease where all of his bones are incredibly brittle. Mm. So if he just, if he, you know, uh, he's had that from birth. And he, and uh, Samuel Jackson convinces Bruce Willis that he's, uh, he's he's special. It's like, do you, ever, do you ever remember being sick? He's like, no. And, he, and it's all defense. And it, essentially, not to, to spoil anything, uh, the director whose names I'm forgetting. Uh, oh, M. M. Night, that's, yeah, M. Night Sh- Shyamalan or something. Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Apparently, he was trying to develop a superhero movie, but he couldn't get like acts two and three to work properly. So he just concentrated on the first act which is essentially so the whole film is basically just an origin story but it's just, it's just sort of if it, it feels like a bit like a, a the, the chris nolan batman films it's it's very sort of grounded in in reality if that makes sense there's no flashy cgi or big fights that destroy entire cities or anything right okay. um and yeah i just i just really loved it this time around and uh, i want to watch uh, i want to watch split now james mcavoy because i never saw that one either yeah, I, I am keen to watch them both. Um, yeah, before Glass comes out, uh, so I'll have to just bite the bullet and and rent or <coughs> legally download. <laughs> I don't know how to do that, John. Maybe I'll have to ask you to show me. Um, I, what? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, totally put that on you. So, uh, anything else? Anything else? Uh, oh, then another one. I, I watched Tank Girl for the first time. First time. Yes, I've never seen it. Really? No, it was the um, it was the it's the fact you put the uh, uh, oh, was it a month or two now ago? You put the article about uh, the, the something anniversary of Tank Girl. Was it twentieth or something? Yeah, this October marked the thirtieth anniversary of, of Tank Girl, and that's Tank Girl the origins in the comic books. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a British uh, comic book um, creation. Um, is it Liam? Oh, Liam, I want to say Liam Howlett. I'm not sure that's right. It sounds um, right. From, um, who's, who's one of the guys behind Gorillas, the, um, the, the animated. Oh, right, yeah. With Damon Alban. Um, so he, I think he, he developed that artwork and the style of that. Um, he's a creative, you know, thinking behind that. Um, mm. But him and another guy um, created Tank Girl 30 years ago in comic books. Uh, and obviously, yeah, she became a, a cult you know, phenomenon. 
Um, a huge following. They're still producing books now after a long break. Um, the original wow. artist came back. Um, I still pick up as many of the Tank Girl series as I can because they're all mini series published by Titan Comics these days. Mm-hmm. Usually only like four to six, uh, you know, comics long. Um, but I love Tank Girl. She's so fucking rude, and and it's <laughs> it's so bizarre. You know, you've got like kangaroos, like sentient kangaroos who I, as you can testify in the film was played by one of them was played by um ice <laughs> tea yes I, I mean <laughs> so fucking bizarre the casting of that um i i remember going to see tank girl at the cinema and uh, i went with um uh two of our uh, college uh, friends mm-hmm. um chris and davy and um, yeah we we went to the cinema it must have been during the day it must have been you know, I don't know, either we weren't at college or when we should have been. Or, <laughs> or it was like the holidays and college had broken up before the schools and it was dead quiet. Um, but yeah. anyway, we, we drove, um, Chris drove in his Vauxhall Chevette. Um, <laughs> I, I believe it was that one. It was either that or a maestro. Um, up to uh, Lakeside in, in Essex. And we sat in a cinema and we watched that. We were the only three people in the cinema. Awesome. And, because <laughs> it was about two o'clock in the afternoon there was no one around and uh and the person that sells the popcorn or used to like they used to come around with the trolley like the tray oh god yeah like, like, it's a long time ago um they came round with the trolley with ice cream and and popcorn in it to, sell to, <laughs> to us three people um oh, and they, they showed the film literally to three people it was amazing it's the best showing ever <laughs> Uh, but I don't suppose it's um, I don't suppose it stood up very well over the years. How did you find it? Oh, um, interesting. Um, it's just the first thing. It, it just it just the film smacks of studio interference. Yeah. Um, it doesn't it doesn't flow very well. It, it's just it's, it seems to be very obvious. Pieces were were were, were taken out. There were bits missing. Um, I know this is probably one of the well, what was it uh, mid '90s? It's probably one of the first sort of comic book properties turned into a film, mm. and they seem to love to emphasise that fact by keep slamming these Tank Girl comic images on the screen in between scenes. It's almost as if to say, "Don't forget, it's come from a comic." And it's like, yeah. "I know, you won't let me forget." Like... Yeah, it was probably one of the first, yeah, as you say, comic book adaptations into film, and I think that they. They ha- they hadn't refined it. It wasn't an art form at that point. Yeah, nowadays people know that you know, Iron Man's from a comic book or you know Black Panther. And they they treat it with a little bit more respect. They focus more yeah. on the story and the characterization and and put a focus into into building that character in that world. Um, but back in those days, it was literally like yeah yeah this we're going to try and recreate a comic book page on screen. So this is how yeah. we're going to do it. Like kapow, blam, like and and it just didn't. Yeah, I mean, we really. had things like, um, I mean, I've never actually seen it, but I remember, I mean, you have like the old 70s stuff, TV show stuff in particular, like Hulk and Spider-Man. Mm. But in terms of movies, they had stuff like, uh, I've not seen it, but there's a version of The Punisher with Dolph Lundgren, isn't there? There is, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if that's late, I don't know if that's actually late 80s or early 90s, but that's the kind of things, things they tried to bring out from the comic book into the, the movie world, but it just didn't, didn't catch on. Well, Dol- Dolph Lundgren's responsible for a couple of stinkers, isn't he? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, you, the aforementioned Punisher, and also He-Man, Masters of the Universe. Oh God, I've got it. yes. <laughs> I, I watched a documentary recently on Masters of the uh, Masters of the Universe, 
Um, and it's kind of like an extended episode of the toys that made us. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably an hour, hour and a half. And, and it goes all the way through the history from how you know, it was developed as a toy line and became a comic book, became a cartoon and all the iterations since then. And there's been more yeah. than you might imagine. Um, and they had a, a section on the film and, and yeah, yeah, not good. They did they just completely took the source material and went, that shit, let's start again <laughs> <laughs> and made it even worse. Well, I think um, I think the main problem with the film, let's go into two details, the fact they set it on Earth. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, obviously for budget concerns, they can't they can't build Eternia, so let's bring everyone from He-Man onto planet Earth. Yeah, so uh, yeah, not not great. Um, but yeah, Tango. I, I thought about watching it. I saw it pop up on I must have been my Netflix feed um, this this mm. week, I think, or last week. And I thought about watching it again myself, but uh, I I just know I'll be disappointed. <laughs> but still, that's never stopped me before. And it's uh, got a. Malcolm McDowell playing generic Malcolm McDowell bad guy as well. I just remember. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't remember him putting in a great performance there. <laughs> don't think he got nominated for an Oscar that year. I don't, I don't think anyone did. No, but, <laughs> I mean Laurie Petty was quite good in the in the title role as Tank Girl. She was pretty cool as Tank oh, she's, Girl. She's just completely off the wall. She's mental. <laughs> yeah, I, I like her as an actress. But uh, yeah, yeah, I totally good for that role. But I do think now is a good time to to have a reboot. I know we're kind of against reboots, but <laughs> if ever there was a time to reboot Tank Girl, I think now is the time. You, you know, with the success of Deadpool and uh, like the R-rated uh, comic book movies, I, I think now with the technology and the CGI and everything, you could do Tank Girl justice. I, I think it could work now. I, I, I fully agree. I think I, I know. Reboots are fine if we're going to remake a bad film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't think of too many. I don't, I don't know. I can't think of too many films where they've taken so it was decent and made it better. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it just doesn't seem to work that way, does it? But then no. I guess that's that's subjective. Yeah, we we are stuck in our ways, and we uh, we like <laughs> the, the old stuff the way it was. Yeah, don't remake stuff we like. Remake stuff that no one liked and was crap. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, dear Hollywood, um, <laughs> I'll send that to number one Hollywood Boulevard. Yes. <laughs> that's where they are, I'm sure. Uh, I think that's my list exhausted for this month. Okay, I'll quickly run through uh, through my list. Um, I finally got around to watching Solo. All right, uh, yes. A Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all right. Not amazing. <laughs> Not okay. amazing by any stretch of the imagination, but entertaining enough. I mean, the fact that I haven't rushed back to watch it again probably speaks volumes. Um, I will watch it again at some point, but it, it didn't really stick with me. Okay. Uh, just okay. Just okay, that one. I've watched um, slightly out of our usual range of film. I did, okay. go to the, did go to the cinema and watch A Star Is Born. Um, All right, the, yes. The tenuous link being that um, the guy that voiced Rocket Raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> wrote and directed and stars. Um, what's his name? Bradley Cooper. That's him. Uh, and alongside Lady Gaga. And do you know what? I fucking loved it. I thought what? it was amazing. <laughs> Bloody hell! <laughs> I know. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm quite open to watching any any sort of genre of film. I watched. Oh, quite, of course, yeah. Yeah. The, the, my wife's quite cultured. She likes, um, yeah, lots of different types of films. And um, and, and I, I really enjoyed it. At the end, I was I was truly touched. I, it was like, it's a really sad end. 
Um, but I, I like the music side of it as well. Yeah, being a, a, a bit of a musician myself. Headstrong new album coming twenty twenty eight. Quick plug for the band there. Uh, no, we we went into a uh, very quick aside, but we've been in the recording studio recently, uh, recording with um, a guy called Matt Catlow, who is um, he may anyone who likes the nerdcore rap stuff would know as Milk Plus, um, ah. and, and he's also worked with Simon Le Bon, so yeah, he's he knows wow. his shit. Yeah, he knows his shit. Uh, a friend of mine lives quite close to me, so uh, big ups, Matt. Like him. So what else have I watched? I've I've done a bit of a Netflix binge, uh, films that are, are on Netflix. Um, uh-huh. I watched uh, science fiction mostly. I watched Extinction, uh, which Michael Pena, Pena, Pena. I don't know how you say that. <laughs> um, in it, playing a straight role, not comedy. Uh, we've seen him in Ant Man, uh, and Ant Man and the Wasp, and probably Ant Man, right. the Wasp, and the Bee later. <laughs> and then the Spider. Um, yeah, and Michael Pena. I don't know how you say his last name. I'm not sure, but anyway, he's usually I associate him more with comedy. Um, but extinction he plays a straight role um got a bit of a twist in the tale sort of uh humans fighting for survival against uh and a force that is invading the planet earth okay um this guy sort of has premonitions of it happening uh he can't sleep he's he's restless um he can't work properly and because of these premonitions and then uh, everybody thinks he's crazy including his wife but then the premonitions come true and uh and and the earth comes under attack um clever twist on that i'm not going to spoil it but um that's actually worth watching it's a good film ah. uh, i quite enjoyed it a um, little bit you know it's not cinematic quality like you know netflix quality movie but you know good good quality for netflix um okay. i watched i watched tau uh, also on netflix it's a sci-fi thriller stroke horror i suppose not really a horror um, right it's about a woman who's abducted and she's forced uh, to remain in this rich guy's house. It's a little bit ex machina. It, right. It's like a AI controlled house. Um, the guy who runs it is like a, a CEO of this huge uh, tech company, and they're working on um, something that he needs subjects to experiment on. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody dies except this girl who's prisoner in this house, um, and she starts to befriend the AI that controls the house in an attempt to escape. Uh, f- from it and this guy's a bit psychotic um, it's it's okay it kept my in- interest it's probably three and a half out of five okay but, um, quite enjoyed that um, yeah. with with the uh, captured theme continuing I finally got around to watching 10 Cloverfield Lane which oh, um, yes. I thoroughly enjoyed I know I'm late to that party but I, I really enjoyed it um, I watched Cloverfield when that came out a long time ago and yeah kind of didn't get on so well with the the found footage format yeah uh, i found it a bit awkward to watch but i've watched it a couple of times i watched uh, the cloverfield paradox next oh which, yes yes which, i've forgotten about that <laughs> which i enjoyed a lot actually it's, it's all right yeah. it's got a lot of faults but i enjoyed it a lot um but 10 cloverfield lane is by far the best in the in, in of the three uh, i really enjoyed it i thought like you're gripping stuff well acted uh, i love john goodman's character in it even though he's very unnerving um lots of um yeah moments where, that keep you guessing you don't really know who the good guy or, or the bad guy is in it no no um and i know uh, at the end of it a lot of people have a hard time with the whole monster thing going on but i i quite enjoyed it i didn't mind it at all i thought it was a nice interesting twist in the tale um bit of an extended twist albeit uh, sort yes. of 10 15 minutes of the movie but I, I really enjoyed it i thought it was good 
Uh, what else have I watched? Uh, okay, and most recently, I suppose this is my my big review: Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald. Ooh. Sorry, Grindelwald, I should say, because uh, it's a it's a V instead of a W, uh, pronounced Vold. Um, it's it's a bit disappointing, to be honest. Okay. I'm. I mean, I'm, I've never been a Harry Potter fan. Um, I never got on board with that. I couldn't enjoy it, probably because it cost me a fortune. <laughs> because I've got four nephews, and they were all the just the right age when oh, Harry, right. Harry Potter blew up the first time. I, yeah. I bought everything. I bought fucking Harry Potter chemistry sets. Oh my god! Like DVDs, like outfits, hats, glasses, brooms figures i mean you name it they they had it all uh, and i i spent a fortune on that that shit because it's all overpriced yeah and yeah now my kids are of an age where they're enjoying it as well and equally yeah i'm spending a lot of money on harry potter stuff I've bought <laughs> oh, the lego brick heads um my daughter got the uh the hogwarts express lego sets for, for all right her, her birthday recently that was yeah. from dan and granddad thankfully um because that costs a fortune that's <laughs> um, lego yeah, God, really, like seventy-five quid for a Lego set. It's and it's no bigger than yeah the fire station I had as a kid, which probably would have cost I don't know ten quid that those those days. I don't know. I don't uh, know. But uh, anyway, yeah, so Harry Potter's always cost me a fortune. That scarred me somewhat. Uh, but <laughs> I, I did get invited uh, when we got invited to stuff. That's really stopped now for some reason. Uh, I got invited to Fantastic Beasts Live when they had J.K. Rowling announce that you know, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was the first of five films in this new franchise um, that extends the Wizarding World backwards kind of prequels. And, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, and I got wrapped up in that whole thing and I got to see the first 10 minutes of Fantastic Beasts like a month before it was in cinemas and got a wand, like really good quality wand, probably worth Ooh. quite a bit these days. Yeah. Um, yeah, Newt Scamander wand, Newt Scamander being the main character in Fantastic Beasts for anyone that doesn't know. And um, I kind of got a little bit wrapped up with it. I went to see the film in its entirety at the cinema with the kids and mm -hmm. uh, found the first one a lot of fun but just lacking a little bit in substance. Okay. So I was expecting the second one, Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald, to be a bit more, right, this is the story now. We're getting on with the story. We've had the introduction. Yeah. Um, Eddie Redmayne as Newt Scamander is just fantastic, so likeable as a character. Uh, he's he's so, like, his demeanour, he's like, he doesn't ever look another character in the eye he's so shy nervous always looks down so awkward and yet he's got this underlying courage and i really found that endearing i really enjoyed it mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he is also fantastic in the in the sequel but the sequel again lacks so much substance it's it's an like two and a quarter hours basically of exposition oh, just just this, these are the backstories of all these characters and yeah. this, this is you know and, and this, these are the intentions of the bad guy, but you never actually get to the point where anything happens, anything tangible oh. happens. <clears throat> it's just another, you know, it's basically now four hour, four and a half hours of, of lead up to something that eventually is going to happen in these films. <laughs> and I think the biggest problem is that uh, you know, these films that uh, you know, J.K. Rowling's a great author of novels, but mm. I don't think she's a natural screenwriter. And she's been writing the screenplays for for these films, and and it has just been you know exposition, 
that's it nothing no substance no like real narrative no real plot uh it's all just been building up to something mm. and, and i just found that a bit boring and the like just half the fun that the first one was the first one was fun because you had all the fantastic beasts in it you got to see them for the first time you got to see their characters you got to see how newt scamander interacted with the animals in a far more different and confident way than he did with the humans Mm-hmm. or should I say wizards and what have you um, in the second film I mean there's the beasts I mean they're just on the periphery and, oh. and and as for the crimes of Grindelwald I mean the crimes are implied you don't actually see him commit any crimes really Oh, <laughs> it, it's kind of like this is what I want to do I haven't actually done it yet can't get me <laughs> copper you know it's, it's all a bit like just nothing really happens it's a bit of a meandering leading to something else and i just really hope like the third film like finally gets the story going otherwise she could keep she could keep going for 10 films like this it's like oh yeah by the way there's another character here's their backstory oh <laughs> brilliant um but i mean the kids and my wife they really enjoyed it they they, they liked it um for mm. me it just didn't go anywhere oh but um still a worthy three out of five i'd say um yeah worth seeing it's a spectacle but it's it's just not it's not a film that leaves you satisfied at the end. The missus keeps pushing me to watch the the first one. She well, goes, "You don't have to. You don't have to worry about Harry Potter. She goes, just enjoy it as a film on its own right." She goes, "It's, it's brilliant. You should watch it." And I've just never got around to actually doing you know, it yet. I tend to agree with her. Um, the first one has it has a charm. It has a it's nice, and you know, the fact that it's filled with exposition, as is the second one, um, it doesn't matter because it's the first in the series. It's establishing mm. the characters, the set, in the scene. And and it's fun, you know. That it's fun finding out about these characters, how they interact together. It, it's it's a laugh. It, it'll make you laugh. There's a lot of fun parts to it, but a lot of that fun's been extracted from the second one. It gets a bit darker, and, mm. but without packing a punch. So yeah. Oh, like, do you think it'll run the full five five film series? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they make so much money. It's it's absolutely creamed the box office here in the UK. Um, yeah, the Grinch. Apparently, is... apparently, it's the, apparently, it's the weakest Harry Potter film so far in terms of box office. But that's probably still a huge amount of money. <laughs> well, I mean, worth making the distinction. Not a Harry Potter film. It's it's a Wizarding oh, World yeah. film. But um, you know, there are links, obviously, to Harry Potter more so in the second one. Um, you know, direct links. You Dumbledore is a character in it, albeit young. Um, there are apparently there's lots of links to to the Harry Potter series and books that I didn't get because I haven't watched them or, or read the books um, that my wife and kids did get. So perhaps they'll enjoy mm. it more because of that, you know, that, that link to, to the Harry Potter world. But um, I, I think, you know, you should definitely watch the first film. It is a lot of fun and, and it's more grown up than Harry Potter. I, ah. I found it, you know, it appealed more to me as an adult <clears throat> than Harry Potter ever has. So that's, that's my big review. So moving away from film, uh, just a cursory look around other things. Uh, did you see that Lepin have been ordered to stop making Lepin? <laughs> <laughs> they, yes, they, they have. Um, I think it's about 14 sets in total they've got to uh, stop making. Yeah, uh, how do you feel about that? Doesn't bother me at all because I'm not worried about the ones that have been forced to stop. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Um, just um, having just, interest, you I, bought yeah. you bought Lepin, didn't you? You bought some just to see how it would. Uh, I have, I have, I have uh, three. I have three Lepin sets. And how are they? Uh, I think they're fantastic quality. 
They and they fit together well. Or like they... Yeah, they snap together properly. They all look the part. Um, I did watch some reviews like comparing Lepin to Lego, like yeah. the set for set. And uh, I watched one where it was like the X-wing fighter, and it's like generally it looked the same. It looked okay. Um, he said the cockpit the, didn't fit properly. The cockpit didn't fit properly, and one of the wings right. wouldn't stay up. <laughs> right, okay, <laughs> which is a bit frustrating, but not the end of the world. No, I mean, it sounds like as they progress, things are getting uh, better and better. Um, I mean, going back to the, the court case, wait, uh, Lego can, Lego can only ask, uh, Le- well, can only force Lepping to stop making sets to which Lego own the IP. Right. And what's IP? So, intellectual property. Oh, right, got you, yes. So, so Lego can only force Lepping Le- 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 to stop making uh, stuff like, uh, I forgot what it's called now. Is it Lego Chima, Hexo Knights, basically <laughs> stuff stuff that Lego owns. You know, it's, it belongs to Lego. They can yeah. say, oh, "Wait, stop making it. That's ours." In terms of sets like Star Wars, um, Jurassic Park, and all the other stuff, that's all licensed to Lego from somebody else. So right. Lego don't Lego don't have the authority to go marching into China and saying, "Stop making that," because as we've probably mentioned before, Lego doesn't actually own the rights to to Lego bricks or those sets. So Right, um, but I mean, there's surely there's an argument that like they've spent time developing these sets to to. I suppose it's, it's, it's I suppose at the end of the day, it's Disney who've got to go marching into China to say, oh, it's stop making Lego based on our property. Stop making these uh, Star what they're called Star Star Plan sets. I think they're called. I think Star. Some of them are called Star Plan. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Like um, my Ghostbusters set. I remember you look at the manual and it's called. It's it's unpronounceable. It's something like. Ghost but toasts or something. It's, just, it's, <laughs> it's really, they've got really weird names. I mean, for, I, I guess for anyone that hasn't clocked on yet, like Lepin is like knockoff Lego, essentially. It's, it's, yeah, knockoff Lego. It's, if you um, can, uh, I mean, when I when I first started getting into this um, early, it's early this year, last year, um, the big 650 quid Ultimate Collector Series Millennium Falcon, you could buy a Lepin version for 120. With a couple of bricks missing, maybe. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Um, but uh, the people who import it to other, ex- export it to other people around the world are, are catching on that it's getting popular. So that the, the even the Lepin version, the price has been slowly going up. It's like two, three hundred quid now. They're not stupid. <laughs> yeah. I was in the Lego store uh, last weekend or, or yes. weekend before, actually. Um, I seem to end up in the Leicester Square Lego store <laughs> fairly often. I don't, I don't know how that happens. Don't um, try to spend every time you go in there. It's cost you a fortune. Well, I do. I generally buy something every time I go in there. But um, I, is I that my... sorry to interrupt? Is that the store that's got that fancy machine that takes your photo and turns it into bricks? Yeah, I believe that's available. Uh, it's basically, it's the largest Lego store in the world. Oh bloody hell! Okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's on two floors, uh, and which. Bizarrely, it doesn't seem that big actually when you're inside it, but um, apparently, oh, okay, um, opposite M&M's World. <laughs> For any, anyone that likes to you know eat junky eat sweets. chocolate, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it was my uh, my eldest daughter's birthday, and my wife took her and five other kids to see uh, School of Rock at the theatre. Oh um, yeah, as a birthday treat. So I had to help her like herd these kids into town <laughs> in, yeah. into, into central london no easy feat you know it was uh two train journeys and a oh there's a train the tube and a bus journey to oh, get to, to the theater and we had to try not to lose any of them um 
and but my uh, youngest daughter and I weren't invited to the theatre <laughs> to, <laughs> to keep the cost down. I mean, that was a okay. theory. That was a theory. Yeah. Keep the cost down. In actual fact, I ended up spending as much in the Lego store as it would have cost to let my youngest go to the theatre. But oh dear, uh, not to worry. Um, so we we did go in. We went to the Lego store, and this amazing thing happened in there. Uh, I don't know if it might. Uh, some some people might not find this amusing, but I found it amusing. Um, okay, I was standing there while uh, Amy, my youngest, was building Lego because they have tons of it there to just play with. Yeah, uh, and this woman came in. She went up to the, one of the guys who worked there, and she went, Ex- "Excuse me, um, can you tell me where the Lego Bionicle is, please?" And the guy looked at her and was like, I don't think they've made that for about five years. <laughs> she was like, oh, no. <laughs> she, she was really Aww. like, like so clearly someone in her family, maybe a son or a nephew or someone, like loves this stuff and has yeah. has it. Um, but, you know, they obviously ha- no longer make it. They don't, you know, they've moved on from Lego Bionicle. I mean, I remember buying Bionicle again for my... Yeah, nephews who rinsed me out of all the Harry Potter stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then yeah that's, I I'm, I'm, they're all adults now. You know, the youngest ones are twenty odd. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a long time ago. But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I I enjoy the Lego store. We ended up buying um, Father Christmas and Mrs. Claus brickheads. All right, obviously. I actually brought a couple the other day. Just forgot we could keep them as presents for later on for the kids. Probably yes, I got. Um, I went into a, uh, details at Tesco's in Bedford, and they were they were trying to get rid of um, uh, Chewbacca and Han Solo from from Solo Star Wars story, and they only wanted two pound fifty each. Oh, nice! That's a bargain. <laughs> they're easily so, ten quid each normally. Oh, they're easy. Yeah, they're always ten pounds if you see them. So yeah, I brought one of each. And I thought, yeah, I love these. A bit later, and I thought, oh, should we save it as a present for the kids? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, yeah, we've. I mean, like, I mean, the girls. I don't know. I don't get the. I don't understand brickheads really. I don't understand the appeal of them. I think it's to me. It feels like Lego's take on the whole Funko Pop thing. It is. Yeah, they've got Newt Scamander and and Grindelwald ones. They've got. Uh, you know, obviously Lego. Some little PR company sent us some brickheads. It's their fault, actually. Um, <laughs> they, they they sent us the. Um, the Avengers one, so we got uh, yeah. Iron Man, um, Gamora, Thanos, and and uh, Star Lord. Nice. Um, so they were the first ones, and now we've got Father Christmas and and Mrs. Claus. Um, I think that's it. So yeah, they've got. I had to put up. I had to put up a new shelf in their bedroom just for Lego. Because oh, they've got beyond the phase of just making Lego and breaking up Lego. Now right. they're making oh. Lego and we need to display it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So we've filled that up already. Now we need another shelf. That's um, like my Lego. I've taken up two shelves of this uh, display thing in, in our front room. And the missus is like, you're not getting any more. That's all the space you're allowed. <laughs> <laughs> what is she going to do with the rest of it? <laughs> I don't know. Put other stuff on it that she likes, apparently. What? <laughs> Need to put your foot down, John. Show his man of the house. <laughs> and the kids are like, Daddy, why can't we break up your Lego and play with it? No. <laughs> <laughs> because you still want presents for Christmas, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you like living, do you? <laughs> um, I don't have any Lego for myself. Um, I did spend so much in the Lego store once they gave me a free set, which was a Volks- Volkswagen Beetle. 
which, oh, nice. uh, which the girls allowed me very generously generously to build. Ah, uh, but then they've subsequently been lost in the in the midst of the Lego Friends um, stuff. Oh dear! But uh, get, 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 get instructions out, rebuild it. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, we keep all the instruction books, and I don't think we've lost much of the Lego. So it probably <laughs> is possible to rebuild all the sets that, that they've got. But um, yeah, nobody's going to be bothered doing that. We just sort of make half-assed attempts at building things like you know, Hogwarts now and stuff like that. <laughs> so how can we make a pink and purple Hogwarts? Oh, dear. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, that's Lego. Um, what else? Uh, I've, um, I, I'm, I'm still on my book thing. I'm, I'm desperately failing at reading 12 books this year, which is sad. I'm, I'm not going to do it. But I have, I'm on the third of the Long Earth books uh, that I've been reading, which are Terry Pratchett and Stephen Baxter. I think I've spoken yes. about them before. I remember so, that, yes. So the first one's The Long Earth, the second one's The Long War, and then the third one is The Long Mars, and then there's The Long Utopia and The Long Cosmos, which is um, I failed to mention previously, although I thought I had. Um, so I'm working my way through those, and um, I, I will write reviews for them at some point. Um, but I'm, I'm failing at uh, Book a Month this year. Oh, never mind. I know it's it's difficult. I I mean I used to my commute has changed when I changed jobs. I used to yeah. have sort of a twenty minute train drive, uh, train ride, train drive. <laughs> Move over, mate. I'm driving. <laughs> uh, drive the train, read a book at the same time. Oh, yeah, no worries. You can just push forwards and then you know, wait a while. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, fuck that station. Uh, no, don't like them. Um, but yeah, yeah, twenty minute. I'm, I'm like three stops outside of London Bridge. I used to get the train twenty minutes into London Bridge. And I would read on the way in and on the way home. It's like 40 minutes a day. It's a good, good mm. chunk of time. Um, but my, my commute has changed now. I'm getting an overground, which um, I don't know if you've ever seen those v- videos of Japan where they just literally cram people in. Oh, yes, yes. And you got staff to push you into the train. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much like that in the morning uh, for the first leg of my journey. The second leg is the Jubilee line, which is the underground. Um, pretty much the same until you get to Canary Wharf when every motherfucker gets out the train. And then I've got like two stops. Yeah, two stops where the train is empty, which I suppose I could get my book out and start reading then, but it, it doesn't seem worth it by that point. And then I'm on the uh, the DLR, which is exciting. I'm quite enjoying the Ooh. DLR. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, anyone maybe in another country, the DLR, the Docklands Light Railway, um, is an autonomous self-driving train system. It's like a monorail thing. It's not actually a monorail, but it looks like no. it. And and they literally, there's no driver. They literally drive themselves. And it's quite n- unnerving when you get to a station and there's already a train at the platform and you're <laughs> at the front and there's no driver. Like, <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> but it always manages to stop a couple of foot away. It's quite... Thank God for that. <laughs> quite incredible, but it is quite <laughs> unnerving. Um, and, but yeah, I'm on that literally for like just a couple of stops. It's not worth it. Uh, so yeah I'm not reading much at the moment mm-hmm. uh, which is annoying and my wife won't let me read in bed before I fall asleep Ugh. because it keeps her awake <laughs> how rude of you I know, I know she's like you could read in another room it's like yeah I could but <laughs> the point is I come to bed I read a bit I get tired I fall asleep if I'm in another room I read a bit feel tired go to bed wake up and then I'm in bed awake <laughs> I don't know maybe that's just me 
Um, but anyway, so the, yeah, I'm enjoying the Long Earth series. The Long Earth was fantastic. The Long War wasn't so fantastic. The Long Mars uh-huh. is sort of somewhere in between. So um, yeah, quite, <laughs> okay. quite consistently good, mostly. Um, so yeah, that's that. Um, I don't think there's much else to talk about, John, is there? Uh, I think we have exhausted our monthly options. Yeah, I managed to get through it, even though I've got a bit of a cold. Um, thought my throat would give out, but it hasn't. You've held so, up well. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I guess one last thing to say is uh, all hail Jeffy Jeff. <laughs> all hail Jeffy Jeff. Because... Saint of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, Patreon saint. Uh, I, hope, I hope Jeffy Jeff is giving up for a nice Christmas, uh, or Thanksgiving probably, because he's, he's American, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so happy Thanksgiving, Jeffy Jeff. I don't know when that is. It's about this time. So, isn't uh, it the day before Black Friday? I don't know. When's Black Friday? Oh, it's on Friday, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, week Friday. No, so this coming, no, this coming Friday, isn't it? That's it. All right, we're recording this on the 20th. So that's a Tuesday. Let me just check my calendar. <laughs> Make sure I'm free for Thanksgiving. Um, so Friday is the 23rd. So well, Thanksgiving must be 22nd. Is that right? Always, always giggle it. Giggle it. Google it. Giggle it. <laughs> That's it. Stuff a new search engine called Giggle. Uh, <laughs> well, I wonder. We should do. A, we should do some research, like dead search engines. <laughs> uh, oh, who remembers Alta Vista? Who remembers that? Yeah, uh, I know it's still going, but Ask used to be Ask Jeeves. Yeah, that's still going. I think. Uh, what was it? There used to be one. I dog something. Was it? Um... I remember before Google, I had a, a, a program on my PC. That you'd uh, you you type in a search parameter and it would search through like about ten different search engines at the time to bring you results from all of them. Yeah, uh, but you're of right. With, with Google now, it's just there's no point. Um, Thanksgiving is on Thursday, twenty second. So um, happy Thanksgiving, Jeff. This will probably come happy out. Thanksgiving, Jeff. Where are you getting us? Uh, <laughs> so I, I have no nothing about Thanksgiving. Do they give presents? I've no idea. I, I I have no idea. I mean, what it feels like is like Christmas, and then a month later you have Christmas. <laughs> I know. Pretty good. Pretty good. Life's good in America. Uh, I mean, apart from Trump, obviously. Apart, apart from that fucker, yeah. I mean, I I worry sometimes. Like maybe Jeffy Jeff is a Trump supporter, and they're like, we're alienating oh. him. Oh no. <laughs> I would I would hate to alienate Jeffy Jeff, but. At the same time, I can't condone Trump. Let's just keep a balanced view then. Uh, fuck Brexit. There you go. Hey. Oh, yeah, they're managing to fuck it themselves. They I saw, are. I saw a great analogy of it. Um, it was a picture of a cat. And it's like, cat, uh, what do you think about Brexit? And the cat says, well, if I were Brexit, I'd repeatedly ask at the door to be let out. And then when the door's open, I'd just sit there and look at it for a while. <laughs> Which is pretty much Brexit, isn't it? It's like, okay, half the country wants to leave the EU, but we can't really figure out how to do it. <laughs> they want to leave for the wrong reasons. The problem is, it's only recently that I think a lot of Brexiteers suddenly realise what it would mean to leave the EU and what it would do to the country. And welcome to the Politics Hour, new from the yes. Nerd.com. So, so we'll stop there. <laughs> Time to move on. Pop culture, John. Pop culture. Pop culture. Um, edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's been uh, Jump the Shark, uh, the pop culture podcast from the Unheard Nerd, with a brief uh, excerpt from uh, a soon-to-be-coming podcast, Politics for the Nerds. <laughs> um, 
as always, uh, please, if you could go onto iTunes, just give us a little star rating. If you feel it in your heart, just give us a little review. Um, Evil Kig, uh, our mate Keith did, and um, it does help. Uh, if you're using Stitcher, do the same. Wherever you get your podcasts, just give us a little review, and it sort of helps us uh, get seen a little bit more. Um, oh, exciting news! I forgot to say, John. Um, yes. I've, I've ordered Jump the Shark stickers. What? I know. Three, Merch. Three inch. <laughs> no, we're not going to sell them, but we might give them away. <laughs> Um, three inch by three inch vinyl die cut stickers. Die cut? I don't know if that's a thing. They're vinyl Sounds cut right. stickers. <laughs> vinyl cut stickers. Um, so it's basically the, the Jump the Shot logo, uh, round logo. Awesome. Uh, with mine and your name on. So um, I'll post uh, one or two of those to you. Um, I'll I've stick only... one on my laptop. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've only got a few uh, in the initial run. I've, I've got 20 initially just to see what uh-huh. they're like. And if they're good, then I'll get some more and probably some unheard nerd oh. stickers as well. If only had those at the Comic Con last uh, last time. I know. I could have slapped them over that woman's face who kept telling me, <laughs> "Can you butt fuck the man in front of you?" Because I need the space. Uh, and if you want a p- picture of that, email us. It's the unheard nerd at gmail dot com, uh, and get in touch with us at Twitter. It's uh, Johnny's at UK Film Nerd. I'm at that nerd Will, and uh, collectively we are at the unheard nerd. Uh, facebook.com forward slash unheard nerd um, hit us up we're lonely and, and <laughs> talk to us please <laughs> the, only, the only people messaging me at the moment are Nigerian princes with money oh, problems dear. so um, yeah it'd be nice to hear from some of you sometimes uh, apart from that bye bye <laughs> <laughs> this is a necessary evil Knievel somebody's gotta be the one to speak to the people and tell them how to get them to agree to be peaceful it's easy just treat them as equals call me the number one stunner with the humblest heart putting together something more than the sum of its parts not afraid to make my debut and jump the shark all i need is a running start and we jump like we never had to walk on solid ground and we rock like we don't know how to turn the volume down and we dance like we never wore a tux or ballroom gown you'll know when you see us because we work like we didn't have an ocean between us 